Hey, what up? It's DJ Tits. Damn, DJ Tits. Why you gotta do him like that? And I got my bro Tendo here. Young Cock. It's Young Cock. Back at it again, bitch. We heard what you want. So we gotta give you what you want. Want. Like an, like an old-ass geezer over the age of 62. Like an old-ass geezer over six, six damn two. Old-ass man. Old-ass white man, probably. What, what you gotta tell me, Tits? Go ahead. I gotta tell you something. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Say it. I got a parking ticket. You got a what? I got a parking ticket. That's weird. You're white. I know. Ha. Huh? Bro. Good singer, bro. <laughs> I know it's... I know what's going on. Guess what's going on? I don't know, man. Tell me. I heard about something called art history. More like fart history. Bars. Yo, let's play these hits, man. I'm going to play a new hit. It's called High Top Flip Flops. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for sitting through that. That was, uh, that was, a, that was a tough one for the two of us to get through, but we made it. We made it through today. Take uh, 64. Take yeah. 64, Let's as go. always. How are you and feeling today, man? I'm feeling very comfortable, uh, yep. very cozy in a very healthy environment. Um, it's it's uh, Nivek, a.k.a. Nivek, a.k.a. Aziz Bansari, a.k.a. Mr. Ram, to your girls say hello, then run away, a.k.a. the Tamil Tyrese. And you know I got my other, my co-host here. It's Chris, a.k.a. Chris, <laughs> a.k.a. Not Chris, a.k.a. Mr. Date Your Girl with you, a.k.a. the Tamil Hemingway. And as always, we have a very special episode. We're joined by a couple familiar faces and one new face, new new uh, member to the show here who we're very excited to have on. Uh, he's up and coming. He's from the area. He's one of the kids, man. Go ahead, tell him to be. So we got, we got Yanchen. Say what's up. What's up, man? All right. And, you know, we got some other, uh, some other friends, friends of the, of the show. show. Friends of the show, man. Uh, yeah, let him know, Vin. Let him know your name out loud <laughs> in your own voice. Because Namik didn't already say it, you know? <laughs> Yo, it's Vin. You might have heard me on another episode, but I'm back. A couple weeks back, he's back in the cut, back in undisclosed location in Pickering. And we also have our very wonderful friend, Mirsha, also in the cut. How's it going, man? I'm doing good. Thank you. Oh, hey, we're happy to have you here. Thank you for joining us. And uh, by the way, it's actually pronounced Janssen. It just spelled like Janssen. So my apologies to the audience. My apologies to all my friends and peers that I've been s- telling them about you and I've been pronouncing you incorrectly for all this time. So it's good good that you're on here to, to let them know real quick the, the correct. Say it one more time. Janssen. So think of Johnson Johnson, but with the Y. Wow, okay. Janssen. Easy, man. You know what, though? You know what? Though? This, is, this is not a an uncommon thing, not only amongst... Tamil people, but primarily amongst Tamil people, to find like an easy, common English word to like rhyme or like use your your name to uh to familiarize with white people. That's something I've always found myself doing. I'll be like Chris. They'll be like Chris. I say like, no, Chris. It's like Chris with an H at the end. I'm like, oh, Chris. Okay, I get it now. It's like you still don't, but that's fine. You know, <laughs> we'll try and figure this yeah. out. You usually just give them like a different name. Usually, you just give them like Gerald or some shit. Right? Um, only at restaurants I say Gerald. Or um, Paul, but <laughs> you know, in in real situations, work, school, I let him know Nivek. Yep. You know, I let him know the two syllables. So I offer up my sincerest apologies to our guests because <laughs> it's a terrible feeling. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so right. if you're in the that's streets, good, you know, say his name right. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I got half of my friends calling me Yanshan because <laughs> growing up in, in elementary school, you know, in kindergarten, my 
teacher just called me Anchan because it was uh, spelled like that, and I just went with it. I'm like, okay, maybe that's what they're supposed to call me, like you know. Yeah. And then when I went to high school, that's when I'm like, you know, fuck it. Like, <laughs> people need to know. Put some respect on my name. Is actually Yansen. So I have half my friends call me Yanchan. Half my friends call me Yansen. Some people call me in between too. What's oh. the in between? Yansen. Yes. It's a lot of things. Man, <laughs> man that's. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah, it's a tough place no, to be. No longer will that happen. Yeah, we are certainly advocates for proper name pronouncing from this point forward. You know. Oh yeah. We're uh, we're here to <laughs> make big, a big anti shout out to Microsoft Word. I know I'm spelling my name right. Don't tell me that. Don't no. underline it red. Underline it white because yeah. it's correct. Because <laughs> it's correct. I always see no trouble. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna try this again. Janssen. Obviously, um, two key factors through uh, or for why not only we wanted you on the show, but for how we kind of came across you um, happens to be the music that you make and our interest in the style of music that you make. But also uh, something that I think Mir Shinovic and myself um, all kind of feel similarly on is a uh, is a like a hyper sense of pride to kind of know that we've got the stumble kid out here making music that's not only super super good but is uh is still tied to your your roots your whether it's you know carnatic music or your the content you know whatever it is all those things kind of tie in right um and yeah as for for thumbel kids in the gta you know i think the same way that we kind of felt when take care won a grammy and we were like wow toronto's finally got someone you know uh yeah, we, we kind of feel the same way when it comes to this music. So obviously we wanted to bring you on and not only talk about that, but, you know, just talk to you about the whole process, you know, the things that you want to do, the things you have done, um, and all that good stuff. Um, so Navek had a, a pretty good question to start. If, uh, yeah, if you want to go ahead and ask that one straight up. Um, so what do you search for on Pornhub? <laughs> Pornhub? Yeah. It's a very personal question. But... <laughs> hey, uh... Any preferences? Just shout them out, you know? So I don't use Pornhub, so. All right, well, that's That's class. the end of that question. Uh, that's the end of that question. <laughs> that's, that's class and, you know, something new. Yes. <laughs> that's good. You're off the, the scumbaggery. Make sure no kids yeah. listen to this podcast. Oh, okay? no, no, no. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's only 24 up. Yeah, absolutely. So, old-ass people. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that's the only question we yeah. had. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're done. You're just gonna kind of wing Six it. Six minutes. Thank you for joining. That was good. Uh, no, um, for, first question I definitely want to ask you is, uh, yeah, if you, if you don't mind sharing uh, when music, when yeah, when you started music. Yeah, that, that's a very broad question, but I figured it's open for interpretation. When did music start for you, and when did music enter your life? Honestly, like, music has always been a part of my life. Like, um, it's funny, a lot of people, like, I grew up playing, be, being a Mirzanga player, still am. That's why I first got introduced to Carnatic music. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people uh, thought I got pushed into it. You know, most most kids get, they push, get pushed into do dance or, you know, Mirzanga or whatever. And it's either they'll like it or they'll end up liking it eventually, you know? Yeah. For me, it's like I used to go to uh, Sai Baba class, but yeah. back in the day, yeah. uh, I was at five. I was five years old at this time, and then uh, I saw someone playing an instrument. Right. At that time, it, it's called it's uh, I don't know if you it's called a dolak. Yep. It's kind of it looks like a mridangam, yeah. and I seen someone play that, and my eyes instantly just went to it. It was a, it's kind of like love at first sight. 
I seen a guy playing and I forced my parents right then and there. I'm like, you need to let me learn this instrument. So I thought I was gonna learn the dolag first. Yeah. Uh, at that time, I was already learning Carnatic vocal, and my teacher's brother was my uh, guru now. Uh, they took me to him, and then that's when I got introduced to Mridangam. And from then on, you know, it was just like an obsession. Like you know, I've, I always want to just get better at playing Mridangam. I'm like, just so interested in it to the point where you know, I even left three months of school in grade eight and lived in India, mm. and <laughs> yeah, to pursue Mridangam. Yeah. Mm. So that was like my first thing into music yeah, of course, and then of course. that's why also that's why even with my music today I want to make sure and I s- stay true to my roots because yeah. Carnatic music was my foundation that started everything for me sure. so I want to make sure I bring those elements into my music right. and try to create something new with modern day hip hop yeah. that's very interesting because a lot of Dhamma kids like to stray away from that like as fast yeah. as possible they yeah, want to go to like the, like the cooler instrument something like a, at least the keyboard at least a sax or something like that but you went straight to that yeah it's funny like even like in, in high school like before all this hip hop started, it was just straight Karanti music. You come in my car, straight like, you know, 1998, you know, we would have a December season concert and my boys would be like, what the fuck is this shit? And they'd be blasting Drake or whatever. But at that time I was like, fuck it. Nothing else, just straight Karanti music. I was deep into it. But now obviously, you know, growing up in Scarborough and stuff, uh, you're exposed to so many other genres of music and sure. listening to hip hop is what really drew me in, in terms of the rhythmic patterns that I heard. And that's what I'm like. And then when I got introduced to Missy Elliott and Timbaland's work, Timbaland was the first producer that sampled Indian music that I heard of. Sure. And you know, when he used the tabla and get your freak on, I heard a tabla roll. That was the first time I'm like, what? Like it's possible? Yeah. And that was a North Indian instrument. It's possible to bring that into hip hop and make it work. Mm-hmm. And then you know, like these guys came into the game and they revolutionized the game. Till this day, you can still listen to a Missy Elliott record and be like, that's dope. You know, ten years later, and why? Because they came in and they did something totally different that, w- that wasn't common, but they made it work, and that's how they make an impact. Yeah. And that's kind of was like, holy fuck, you know? I've never heard a Mirzangam in a hip hop record. I've never heard like a Carnatic sample, yeah. and like there's so many other instruments I can play from like, you know, uh, playing the Mirzangam. That's when it, that's when it hit me, you know? Maybe I can start a new type of sound with my foundation, and since then it's just been ongoing sure. obsession, a new obsession to you know create a new sound with my roots. And then that's where I am. Here I am today. Wow. I mean, I think the part that, uh, yeah, that always surprises me is uh, is people who, kind of like what you said, people who actually find themselves invested in the in the Carnatic music. I mean, uh, I'll be honest. Like I played Mirdangam from when I was I think seven until fourteen. Oh yeah. But I stopped um, because, in truth, my my guru was just like an asshole he's just like a shit person you know um, and that plays like such a huge role in like any any field that you go into learn you know uh it's just like just like a verbally abusive dude i mean yeah Merlingham masters can be tough on you sometimes right but yeah. there's like a there's like a difference between you know kind of instilling discipline and just being like i don't have time for you little shits yeah, yeah. you know kind of do uh i'm sure have you experienced any have you worked with anyone who's just like their ego is just like so above definitely you? you know especially in the music scene you come across a lot of different personalities and characters and you know you learn to adjust yeah. to those is that something that you found a lot in the Carnatic music scene especially well you know you're gonna have different type of egos in any industry right but yeah. you know Carnatic uh, music hip hop everywhere you go you're gonna meet people of yeah. all sorts of types so you know gotta learn how, how to deal with it yeah, you know sure. and not let that shit get to your head cause it's very uh, easy to lose yourself especially in this music scene yeah is that something you found yourself ever struggling with, or do you feel like it was always it's always been easy for you to just let the music kind of 
speak for itself. Um, I guess it's easier for me because my whole sound is comes from my foundation. So I'm always, you know, going back to where I started from. Right. You know, always going back to the Mirazango, going yeah. back to the Carnatic songs or like you know Tamil songs I grew up with. So in a way, I guess for me it isn't as bad. Right. Okay. Unless well, unless you know I'm asked to make okay make like a Kendrick type beat. Or a, you know a tiger type beat, yeah. and then how I'm strictly narrow to okay for this guy okay fine fuck it you want to pay me two hundred bucks I'll do it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah oh, how, how, don't how, let him know the price. Yeah. The price probably went up. Yeah, the price has gone up since his price podcast. has gone up. Yeah. Thousand bucks for an exclusive. Yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> That's it. How often does that happen? How often do you get like, at, like blank tight beat? Every time he's like, Man. yo, can you make me a Drake type beat though? <laughs> I'm like, how about I make you a dirty elephant type yeah, beat? You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let him know about the label. How? How that's going so far? Uh, it's going really well, you know. I got my a team member right here beside me, Vin. He helps me with all my cover art. And, you know, he has his own thing with Gal, Spicy Water. Right. Uh, working with, 30, I guess, 30 Elephants, like, their first big project mm-hmm. in terms of helping marketing for us. It's going well. You know, before Dirty Elephant, uh, this name is a new name. It used to be MDM. Good. That used to be my producer name, too. But I, um, I want to create a label that, because, you know, like you said, you know, I, there was no... The problem is when I, like before when I told my parents I wanted to go straight into music, you know. Back then I told my parents, you know, let me just live in India. I'll become a professional Mirazang player and work my way up. So after high school, that was my goal. I'm like, fuck university, fuck everything. Yeah. Let me just go there. But then, you know, you listen to families and to friends and you're like, just get a backup degree. You know, like everyone else. And I'm like, okay, I'll try it out. In high school, I was good in business. Got into Laurier for economics and then this went, all my boys got in. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I went there. And, uh, you know, just realized it wasn't for me. And the problem is, and then, when, you know, I told my parents, look, I really want to do this full time. I was like, how are you going to make money from this? How are you going to do this? And, and one thing they said was, who else is doing what you're doing? Like, is there anyone we can look up to? You get it? And I feel like that's the biggest problem, yeah, for, sure. especially, you know, being Tamil. Uh, a Tamil guy trying to pursue music, especially hip hop. It's like, who can I look up to? There's not many names we can say. And that's the problem I feel like for our parents. Cause, and that's why they're scared to let their kids go into you know, this territory where it's like, there's not many Tamil faces to begin with. And who, who do we know that's big in, uh, and that's Tamil in uh, pop or I would say MIA? There's no one. And she's like, what, 40 something now? But after her, there's no one else, right? And that's why I made it my mission look. Maybe I could be that guy, break the barrier. But obviously that's gonna come with a lot of challenges. I gotta face a lot of things. Obviously there's probably other people doing what I wanna do too. But you know, I told my parents, you know, let me go 200% in and you know, I'll show you. Just believe in me like you did with Mirzangam and I'll show you and they're like, okay. And from then on, and that's when I'm like, okay. Uh, cause one of my biggest goals, is I wanna help groom a lot of Toronto artists, but especially Tamil artists. Cause you know, now that I'm a producer, I work with a lot of Tamil artists and I see so much potential. But I feel like, you know, we hit a certain ceiling. Yeah. And one of the things is, you know, because of culture, you know, uh, parents don't want you to go into this. So, you know, they'll get, they'll get their part-time jobs or whatever. Um, another thing is, you know, lack of resources, lack of knowledge of marketing or, you know, pushing their stuff to the right people. And obviously I'm learning as I go, but I kind of want Dirty Elephant Records to be that symbol, you know, yeah. symbol for South Asian talent in the hip-hop community. I want to brand start into hip hop and obviously branch out into pop music, other genres too. But you know, I want my label to be like, look, you know, there's a strong force of South Indian talent, especially in Toronto, and you know, we're coming in strong. Yeah. It's not like we can't do it. I want to see more brown faces. I'm seeing more and more now, but especially more Tamil faces, because I work with so many Tamil artists who are you know talented. 
Shout out to Love Sale and shout out to uh, Vishnu, uh, producer on Dirty Elephant. Uh, so many people, you know. Shout out to RJ. Yeah. Um, like that, you know. So, my bad, I went off topic, no, but it used to be called MDM. MDM standard for modern day Mirdangist. Hey, oh, nice. okay. <laughs> I just want a name with the Mirdangam in it, it's for me. But for an MDM kind of sound like MDMA. So, I'm like, maybe I can market with that. Yeah. And then the problem was. Um, this guy been over here just laughing. <laughs> Trust me, a lot of people laughed. Right? I actually told them the name. <laughs> and then the problem was, uh, we searched up the names, uh, MDM Recording Studios, and there's already a big country uh, record label called MDM Studios <laughs> in Canada. God damn it, Daniel. So I was like, fuck. You know, if uh, when I when uh, I do blow up in my label, I get a chance to actually you know push my label. Yeah. I don't want to run into copyright issues. Cause that's when we're like, you know, by that time I had me, Bin, Gao. Shout out to my sister Yancy. Um, Vishnu, RJ, and we were sitting down and we were like, yeah, we got to start fresh, come up with a new name. And uh, it was actually Vin, I think. Yeah. Vin just shouted out Dirty Elephant. Because I, initially I wanted Spicy Water. Yeah. I wanted that name. I'm like, yo, that name sticks. <laughs> yeah. But these guys are like, fuck that, that's their name. I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah, they snake me. <laughs> and then he just said Dirty Elephant. You know, it seemed random at first. And I'm like, okay, let me sleep on it. The next morning I woke up, it was still in my head. And that's when I knew the power of the Dirty Elephant. I'm yeah. like, look, like, this name sticks. If we can market right, you know, get a proper logo, proper branding, you know, we could really push this. Yeah, and yeah, and ever since, I've just been going pushing the, the name and like, it's been sticking. Like everyone that sees me is like, oh, Dirty, Dirty Elephant. Dirty and Dirty you know, Dirty now Dirty we have a hand Dirty. sign too. What's that, what's that, what's the symbol? If you look at it from the side, obviously people at home <laughs> can't see it, but like, like this, you'll see the tusk, the trunk, you know, you from the side. Like, so now, now I watch every picture, you're gonna see me do this. Wherever I go, I'm doing the Snapchat everywhere. Okay, and you know, amazing. so back to Dirty Elf, I just wanted to be, you know, a big platform for to give South Asian people, you know, opportunity yeah. in the hip hop community. That's yeah. my big goal. Shout out to Love Seon. I met him uh, briefly in when I was in school. I'm still in school, but a couple years ago, I heard some songs. You know, they're they're pretty good. I'm come clean. Yeah, he's an artist that I work closely with, and I'm want to help him get out there. Yeah. But you know, it all starts with me first yeah. I'm like, like you know if I want Dirty Elf to get out there I gotta get out there first sure. you know get the resources get the, the the money you know the power and then make shit happen so are you currently signing people to Dirty Elephant right now we're uh, we have a pretty strong group right now um, right now it's just me uh, Vishnu and RJ uh, but obviously I do want to build an army I do want more uh, faces in the label but we're still trying to get shit popping with Dirty Elephant first so once that gets uh, out out there right you know definitely definitely do want to sign and obviously making a legitimate business first yeah. still gotta focus on that <laughs> so once we do that having get everything in right then yeah uh, I say that because we have two kids waiting outside ready to spit for you right now oh yeah so yeah, they're trying to get signed they're trying to yeah. get a deal yeah. yeah and Evig told them you know there's a uh... There's a whole platoon, you know, they're just chilling outside, mixtapes in hand, USBs in hand. <laughs> USBs. USBs, yeah, new wave, you know. I think particularly with uh, with Tamil artists, as you kind of said, like, uh, I mean, I just mentioned Drake a little bit earlier and what he was kind of doing, right? I think now we're at this very, very unique time where the opportunity for, like, concentrating bubbles like this, you know, and you're, we're going to see it everywhere. Our people are kind of realizing that there's... I think almost supporting each other's work within your own ethnic group is like a 
very tricky thing to kind of do sometimes. I think for sure egos kind of to come into play, as you mentioned. But not only that, it's like I've, I've found that um, a lot of the time people just uh, people are, are just like, man, I, I like you kind of said, I got to put me first. But the, the idea, even just the idea of being like collaborating or doing this with someone else is just like thrown out the window. I, I to think of it now, it's just like, is like the arrogance or is the ego like that large or is it just because the thought of working with your own community is like you know just like impossible you know i don't know it's something i've been thinking about a little bit lately like i don't know if you guys can can kind of relate in terms of collaboration but um yeah i feel like there has been hesitancy in the past um maybe because of maybe because of the fact that we've all kind of been separated, you know, yeah. kind of dispersed all over. And that also plays into who you kind of grow up around and your cultural identity. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Everyone in this room is like, you have like, everyone always talks about, you know, you have your, your home identity. And then when you step outside, right. It's like a, as a second generation immigrant, that battle is always going to be there. It's like, yeah. where's my identity kind of lie. And it's super cool that, you know, um, for you was just like inside the house, outside the house. It didn't matter. Something that you're passionate about, you know, like I went to a, an elementary school where it's just like primarily white kids. It's still relatively diverse. But I remember in like in fifth grade, we had like a talent show, came through with the Meridungum, dropped like a hot 10 minute set. Um, but yeah, I also remember people just being like, yeah, it sounded cool, it was pretty fast, but like, I don't even know what was going on, you know? It's like, it's very difficult at like, you know, at the age of 10 for you to look past that when yeah all you're kind of looking for is the validation of of these people right just being like yo check out this fucking sick instrument that none of you know about but a splash on all of you but that was another thing like why i really wanted for me obviously growing up as a rhythm player mm. that's like you know uh, that's my baby right there yeah. and when you think of a rhythm player you typically think of someone in a carnatic setting you know accompanying a vocalist or instrumentalist yeah but for me it's like why does it only have to stick in the carnatic scene like why can't I bring it into another culture why can't I bring it to hip hop like you know it just yeah. takes someone to try different things you know like these days people are fusing so many things together you know yeah it's so easy I mean we've all talked about on the show a lot about how rap music has just like reached its height you know it, 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 it hasn't been hotter than it is right now in terms of like where's rock music right now mm-hmm. it's in the basement but could that necessarily have been done if you didn't have these like major, major, major producers be like, yo, these trap beats, these hip hop sounds, these 808s, these snares, they sound hot. They start playing it, it gets that radio attention, and you get a guy like Future, whose beat sounds exactly like these guys, even though Future's been doing it since 2011. He's been here, you know? Um, and, he's, and he's getting his moment. I mean, <laughs> the, the possibility of it just happening with the, you know the fusion of Carnatic music or the fusion of any kind of music right is is definitely going to be there what uh what are <laughs> some fusions or some sounds that you heard of that you just don't fuck with at all that you think are, are kind of corny corny honestly i've just i've been open to everything these days yeah. obviously like fusion wise for example uh there's some like bunky ass calvin harris like country edm bullshit that makes me want to rip my eyes out but besides that like i don't know that's just off the top of my head like i can listen to everything obviously i won't go out of my way to listen to like edm or hip hop uh, sorry edm or house music too much yeah. uh, i'm listening to predominantly mostly hip-hop music because yeah. i'm trying to focus with that but 
Uh, it's hard. Like I guess I've <laughs> my, I've opened up my mind, you know, to to accept everything these days. So yeah. I try to not. I try to see the good in everything yeah. when it comes to music. Do you listen to country music? <laughs> I don't go out of my way, but if it plays on the radio, sometimes yeah, like you know. Would you ever look into experimenting with <laughs> country music? If I get up, yeah. I want to get into hip hop first and then branch out. Like I definitely see myself producing for people like Ed Sheeran, Coldplay. Damn, like crazy. that's the. Uh, I want to end up in pop. Yeah. You guys laugh, but Beyonce made a country song as well. It was really? a slapper. Yeah, on the on the last album. Did she really? And uh, what was it called? On Lemonade. <laughs> oh, it was a it was a problem too. With that song. Have you guys heard um, Zayn Malik's last album? I did. He had an interlude. Yeah, yeah. Did you hear it? I, heard about that I, I didn't realize for like my uh, one of my artists that I work with. Shout out to Concept. Uh, he showed me his uh, the interlude. And I'm like, this guy is singing straight like Afghan like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like in the middle of his pop album, and I'm like, yo, it was pretty dope. Yeah. That's why I messed with the album too. That little that little interlude. Like, like he didn't have to do that at all. Yeah. I loved yeah, it. I was like. Yeah. It's the same way, like, I'm sure the first time you ever heard Sid Sriram. Oh, man. Sid Sriram, I definitely want to collaborate with that guy. Because he's doing exactly what, kind of what I'm doing, but with, like, Carnatic music infusing with singing yeah. and stuff. And he, and he decided to take, like, such a sweet path, too, right? He was just like, you know what? He got the, man, he got the huge nod from, like, the god AR. And then, and then after that, he's just like, man, I'm just going to keep practicing, keep doing this thing. And, like, if you're living in like the eastern part of this world you know who Sid Sriram is and like I don't just mean like India Sri Lanka like yeah. every island country over there like Australia anything on the east they I literally watched him go into fame and you know it's a, it's a, it's a great feeling you know yeah. seeing someone especially yeah what was the name of his first little EP I can't even remember at this point uh, it was only like four or five songs that he put in the midst of dropping all of his like his covers right um, and same kind of deal for him it's like I need to make this appealing more palatable um to the the general ear so i'll mix this in with frank ocean i'll make this in with james blake or whoever it is um and, and what do you what do you think about that idea in terms of of having to kind of make it more palatable do you think it's it's less so about less so about trying to fuse it because it's what people will kind of enjoy um or do you think it's yeah do you think it's less so just because it's it's just because it's is where the common ground is. Like obviously you kind of mentioned that growing up and being surrounded by hip hop as well was why it made it so easy to blend the yeah. two, right? Uh, I don't know. Like you got to find the right balance, you know. Like when you whenever you want to create a new type of sound or fuse yeah. two different genres, you know, you got to have the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. And you know that's the challenge that I face, especially with me, you know, because I don't want to just bombard my audience with just straight Carnatic music into hip hop. You know, you still gotta. On, in a way, play it a little safe until you really pop off. When you really pop off, you have all the you know means to do what, whatever you can. Then you can really push, you know, more of what you. The same way Drake did, you know, Drake was still doing a lot of this when he, before he popped off. And like now, Toronto is known for that ambient sound, you know, that whole mu- muffled up sample, That's low right. end, uh, you know, vibe that he's known for. Yeah. Before that, he didn't always have that sound, you know. He was still doing what everyone else was doing, but you know, he he was different in terms of the way he approached the song, in terms of his lyrics, his flows. Uh, but then after he started popping off, that's when he really pushed his ambient sound, yeah. and now that's the sound of Toronto. Right. So in kind of way, you know, I'm trying to do the same thing, like still keep it trendy, you know, because yeah. you got to keep it trendy. You got to keep it. What, what. That's why I'm always listening to what's hot today, you know, and then little by little, 
add my influences there. And then when I really pop off, then I can really go full force with it. Yeah. yeah, what were you listening to while recording Yours Truly? Yours Truly? Yeah. Oh man, listening to it at that time, it was a lot of tricks, take care. Really? I'm all about the emotions. That's what really uh, drew me into Carnatic music, you know. I could sit there listening to a ragam and like, you know, fall asleep to that shit. Yeah. Really. And I'm like, those same emotions. And even like some Tamil songs, you know, even like what I sampled for Problematic, Munbeva, like, yeah. these are songs I grew up loving. Mm. Like, and, why did I, and I thought about why I love so much. Like, you know, they attack certain emotions. And I'm like, I want to attack those same emotions in yours truly. Which is why I made it that, you know, dark, very like, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted people to listen to this music when they're like high on a late night drive, yeah. you know. I wanted people to get lost in their emotions. So a lot, a lot of Drake. And uh, trust me, I've I've heard from uh, a lot of people I know. Problematic is a, a very a song that you'd play while driving, um, <laughs> not sober, <laughs> but not not alcohol. We're not out here drinking and driving, but we're definitely doing the alternative. <laughs> um, so for pe- for people and trust know, me, eh? from I've heard um, <laughs> my ears to the streets, but yeah. That's good. That's tight, though. Okay, I see it. Yeah, I think uh, the song that showcases to me the most was 1201 AM. Mm. That song, man. That was one of my favorites. That I it's funny. I actually made that for uh, a guy. This guy said he'll pay me like $5,000 for it. Snake City. <laughs> I actually made it for the guy. Like, this guy's like, yo, I have a friend, you know. She, can you, uh, could you just sample the song for me, and, you know, and I'll pay you $5,000 for the song. And obviously me, you know, I didn't know, but I went for it. And then that guy just dipped after but I'm like, I still have this product. It's mine now. I'm happy I made it though, because yeah. I'm like, oh, wait. so I'm like, okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's how Twelve One even came about. That like the sample in that song, I never even heard it before until that guy told me about it. He's like, yo, listen to the song. I want you to sample the song and make this beat for me. What was the sample? My sister and I were trying to figure that uh, out. Okay. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. It's it's a really nice song. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I basically just took the. It was I think it was an acoustic version of the song. And I just uh, pitched it down yeah. and took the best part of the song that I liked, put it in the loop, and you know, added my drums on top. Right. And yeah, because for me, it's like I still want to show people, look, I'm not just a singer in this. You know, I'm producing everything, I'm mixing everything. So I want to showcase my production side. That's why for the intro, I wanted just to be music. Yeah. This is mm-hmm. an opportunity, right? I mean, you also, I guess, previously it was a it was an instrumental tape, right? My f- uh, my f- uh, debut EP was an instrumental tape, but I was singing like choruses or like you know, had right. a lot of artists. Right. Uh, and then this one, I just want to show people, look. Because I'm always like, when I work with my artists, I get the melodies, I get the choruses. I'm like, you know, let me try something for myself. Yeah. And that's how this whole project even came about. And then, yeah, uh, sat down with my songwriter, RJ, and then we just we just stacked up songs and ended up making this tape. Wow. So RJ wrote, or how RJ's, RJ, uh, me and RJ uh, write together, but he's predominantly the main songwriter. He wrote all the songs. Wow, no way. Yeah. Wow. I basically tell him the vision of the song. Uh, when it comes to rhythm, I got rhythm and melodies on point. So I'll hum all the melodies and we'll go bar after bar. Yeah. And we can knock down songs in like two hours. Wow. E- each song on EP was finished, like recorded everything ready pretty much in like two hours. And then we'll fi- like, you know, fine tune stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Did you reach out to any guest artists or were you like, I'm just going to do this solo? Um, this one, not really. This one I really, I wanted to be because more like personal stuff that I was talking about. So I'm like, you know, and it was my, it was my first time, you know showcasing myself as a singer. Yeah. People know me as a rhythm player producer, but not as a, a singer, you know? So Different height, right? It's like yeah, a it's totally different. Yeah, so yeah, like what you said. So uh, 
So I, I guess because of that, I didn't really want to have like any features. Yeah. Wanted to show people, look, this is just me, the real me. Yeah. You know, if you fuck with it, you do. If not, you know, you're still gonna be hearing more of my stuff. Yeah. But you know, I'm happy the way it turned out. No, no, it's great. Yeah, like, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> we yeah, love it. Been, yeah, shoot. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, but it would have not like I don't think it would have pushed this far if it wasn't for the help of my team. Like the Dirty Elephant Squad really help push this shit out in terms of you know happy having on Apple Music, Spotify, you know, putting posts up on Facebook, creating a Dirty Elephant page, you know, uh, word of mouth, you know. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's whatever you want to accomplish, you can't do it by yourself. You need to have a team with you, yes. a team that believes in your vision. And you know, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm lucky that you know I have a team that believes in my vision and wants to help me carry it out. Yeah, something I was telling Krish um, is the cover art was always on point. And that always hit me. Like, whenever I think of, let's say, like, Problematic or even the the song you dropped yesterday, like, yeah. I immediately think about that, that cover art. And I know Vin is behind that. So that's that's dope, too. Like, that's that's very key. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you know, number one focus should, should be about branding, you know? It'll be on par, but these days it's all about how you present your stuff. Visually, right? Everything's about... People always tend to go to things that look appealing to them, right? right. So I'm like, we need to go have something different for mm. Yours Truly. And yeah, we had we had a lot of different ideas for yeah. the Yours Truly cover art, mm. and uh, it's funny that that picture, the background of that picture is right here at Old Finch. Well, I was gonna ask. <laughs> yeah, really. We shot that at the what was it called? The car oh, junkyard. The junkyard. Oh, junkyard. oh shoot! Right. Fucking freezing that day too. <laughs> it's pretty cold that day. Because yeah. we had some, and he got an idea. Him and Gal, and like, look, let's just go. And I'm like, okay. And we went, took a couple of shots, and then yeah, you know, the cover. I'm like, yo, does like, it looks dark, you know? I look vulnerable, and like, it fits. Yeah. Let's go with it. I mean, to to add to that branding point that you made, uh, you came across. Um, you can you can make the best music. Like anyone's heard, but you don't have the, the marketing the branding which is a sad part you're not gonna get known so mm-hmm. that's why shout out to SoundCloud there's a lot of artists coming out of there yeah, that mm-hmm. we wouldn't hear if it wasn't for SoundCloud so mm-hmm. it's a big thing so yeah that's why like, I really paid attention to you know on how I was branding Dirty Elephant and myself as an artist and I feel like that did really help you know yeah massive yeah I'm um Something we've talked about on this podcast before, which I'm curious to hear what you guys think, um, is we've talked about uh, Nav and his kind of like his ex- just like whoosh, exponential growth. Right? I watched him go into fame too. Yeah. Oh my Nav gosh. Raj beats. Oh, so eh? you've, you've heard of him before. Yeah, it's funny. Before he popped off, my sister uh, she she always looks for artists. She tries to show me new artists, and she came across his Instagram page. So look, actually brown artists like you know, if they're doing. I I yeah. always I try to look for anyone that's doing it, you know, <coughs> bigger and better than I am. You know, maybe get some pointers from them, see what they're doing. I try to reach out to those guys. And then Nav was a guy I seen him, and he had a complex. Like this, like last year, before like the whole EXO everything got popular, right, right, right. like uh, told people, uh, the world about it. He I seen on his Instagram page he had a complex review. Uh, complex did an article about him. Like what the fuck is Nav? A guy from Rexdale? Yeah. An Indian guy from Rexdale? Yeah. Like what the fuck is going on? Um. And then I, I hit him up on uh, the I DM him right there. I'm like, yeah. I need to fucking link up with this guy. Yeah. Hit him up on DM. Hit him up on SoundCloud. But I at that point I knew I was probably like the hundred message he probably got at that point. Yeah, man. But you know, big ups to him, man. He's obviously I feel like he's paving a new way for us now. People like me, especially him being a brown artist, he's he's doing it pretty big right now. Yeah. And that's probably going to open a lot of doors for allowing more brown faces. 
I feel like. Yeah, I mean, that's what we certainly hope for. I think something we've we've also talked and about hope, is yeah, yeah is, uh, is is what also what he what he chooses to kind of promote as well, right? Yeah. Um, is like yeah, there's a little hope for you. Is kind of what we talked about with the, about this Kendrick moment or whatever it is. Just like man, like you realize your face is so foreign to so many people. Your face in like a YouTube video that has like you know this crazy beat and like over a million views or whatever it is so your face being associated with all of these things it's like brown guy with a lineup is like it's so foreign you know but that's why you hardly see his face now okay mm. in his music videos but before in his branding you barely see people didn't know who his face was yeah. you know it's just strictly the music and and do you think that stemmed from him just being like people aren't gonna listen to this music if they know that I'm a brown dude from Rexta I think so that could have been an option yeah. but he obviously had he uh, he obviously had a lot of connections too. I would yeah. uh, I would assume so for him to get you know to where he is with EXO, especially you know like yeah, the weekend. Yeah, he had to have known someone. So you know, because for him though, for finding those relationships and doing it up. Yeah, I'm happy for him because he's been he's been at it. For and I know he's been doing it for a while too. Yeah. I know he's an engineer too, so he's been engineering for like the last seven eight years. Really, he's an engineer too. I'm, oh, sure. I'm pretty sure all his vocal stuff he's been doing it himself. No way. Now obviously you know he, I think but before he's got the pros yeah. That's why his beats were always knocking, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. If it's one thing, it's all about the mix. Yeah. What was your favorite off the tape? His tape? Uh, I liked the, uh, the Mariah one. Oh, really? Mariah. The melody. <laughs> yeah. Um, the rest of the tape, uh, to be honest, I thought it was very repetitive. Like, his flows are very repetitive. For, but for him, I listened to him more for his production work. Mm. I like his production Chris, work. Chris, man. Don't go more for his... Uh, that's the thing. I don't really look at lyrics too. Listen to lyrics. <laughs> I should be more because uh, you know I work with a lot of rappers, but I'm all about the music. You know. Yeah. Also, Nav's lyrical content like <laughs> <laughs> he's all about the catchy stuff. You know, uh, talking yeah, about man. drugs, getting head in Toys R Us. <laughs> yeah, whatever. My guy has a bar where he says, um, "Get something about." being in a parked car getting ahead in front of a Toys R Us and I was like feeling it. I was like at the time but I was, now I'm thinking I'm like I was really bumping my head to a uh, guy getting ahead in front of a Toys R Us Toys R Us is just like a shit but his music is more like you know if you're fucked up you know you're gonna fuck yeah, exactly. you're your jam out when yeah. you're fucked up you don't really care about lyrics it's more like the melody right of course it's the melody and he has that repetitive melody that you know that, that stays in your head yeah God's working all of us you know <laughs> <laughs> so uh, shout out to the brown boy from the Rex. That's right. You know? yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Never thought we'd see the brown boy grow up, man. <laughs> but you know, we're we're making it right now. Slowly but surely. Yeah, it's 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 strong right now. It's really coming up. But even before Nav, like uh, you know, we had Jay Sean, <laughs> and, and and we had that other girl, Anjali. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I was asking one of my uh, artists, like, whatever happened to her, yo? Like, she had that big hit. That was huge. What was what was the name of that song? It was all over the radio. Yeah, it was huge. Really? Where is she from? She's Canadian? She's Canadian. Is she? Guyanese, I think. Fair. Say a word. I have no idea. Last week we were talking about, uh, was it EMP? EMP. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to EMP too. That, yeah. that Tamil girl in there. That's squad. right. Priyanka, is that her name? I Priyanka, something like that. I don't know. We're going to be Eastbound. You know, that's like Eastbound. I'm a big fan of Eastbound. Massive. As a producer. Seriously, seriously massive. I mean, this guy's been around forever. All he needed was Antidote. And like now. I know, see, it just yeah. takes out one hit, yeah. man. It just it's takes out one hit. And like, it's wild because even that, um, I don't know what the word to describe it is, but like, um, like uh, high classified, wonder girl, Eastbound, all use 
this baseline. The this, 808. It's like the distorted. It's like, a distorted mm. baseline, and it and it yeah, it also like goes up right without uh, like separate beats. It's all I don't know what the proper term for it is. You know what I mean? But like it's a. Trust me, it's that. That's what I, that's how I was first drawn to Eastbound and right. Rolly Rose production. Really, like, the 808 was it's like, unique. Just, yeah, it's very it's unique. Like, it, so it just knocks, you know. Yeah. And like the, the it's the slides, the way it slides to the slides, octave, it's like exactly. it's, it's a very unique style of. Uh, Reminds uh, me of I don't. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where that's where even the the inspiration for I don't the beat line that came from right. that. Like you know, I want to try and recreate that, but yeah. they're a little different. No, I mean, eventually, things are gonna things are gonna end up being like the norm, right? Like we like you're already seeing it now, like what hip or what trap music was like when Flocka was doing it in like 2008, 2000 now, 2009 is now the norm on the Migos album, yeah. now the norm of the future album, right? But then you have these guys like Eastbound, Wonder Girl, whoever it is, slowly creeping their influence in. You can listen to this new future album and like not all the beats are hard knocking and produced by like, you know, yeah. 808 Mafia or whoever it is. He, he gets these other guys in who are making it more ambient. They're adding more depth to it. The last tape I was a big fan of. Yeah, like Hendrix or Hendrix. The, Hendrix, okay. Mm. Yeah. Future uh, the, for the future tape, I only like that mask off. Yeah. <laughs> because mo- most because of the beat, it sounds like a beat I would make. I was like, yeah. yo, I see that flute. I'm like, yo, that flute is so hard. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, flute's really. Like, hard. Who would have thought? Like, just somebody, like some dude playing a flute. You, you know, think, who, he would never know. Do you think it, he got like a someone to come in to play? Or do you no, think it, it was a sample. It's a sample from the theme song. It's from this theme song from an old like TV show. Really? They sampled okay. it from there. Oh wow! I would have loved it if it was live. <laughs> Metro <laughs> Wayne calling an Indian flute player to play yeah, or something yeah, like that. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what was the name you you uh, mentioned earlier? What was the name of that Timbaland? Uh, was it with uh, Missy Elliott? Missy. Get it your was, freak on. It was Get Your Freak On. And then he also did the song. Was it with oh. Papoose? No, it wasn't with. Papoose. Oh, that Indian one. Yeah. What was the name of that song? Wasn't it with Mango or something? Magu, 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 not Papoose. That's right, that's right. Yeah, that was that was the yeah. first time I remember hearing it, and just being like, "Yo, this is this is wild." Because even the chorus has, it's like it's Hindi, maybe I don't even know. What, like, that was a sample too, like uh, huge. Yeah, it, I I don't think it was an Indian thing. It actually was some, like another really. Yeah. But, okay. Wow. Get everyone fooled, man. Yeah, man. Trust me. I would have never guessed that. <laughs> I'm all about the sampling. For me, like, uh, like once I get a nice sample, like, especially that's what I try to sample out with town music. Mm. You know, like, turn flipping something out. That's yeah. where my adventure starts. Yeah. If I could take something and turn it into something different, you know, that's where my I get excited. Yeah, of course. It's it just ends up being unique that way. I got a question for you. Do you think you'd ever sample something from Parepa? I oh, I, he, I actually did. If you go on my Instagram, you you can hear a snippet. Oh, okay. I I uh, sampled the BGM. True. The main BGM. Okay. Okay. Mm. All right. Man, Parepa was the soundtrack to my life between like ages like six to eight. Let me trust me. That that. What's the name? Oh my goodness, I can't even remember. I'm also too embarrassed to try and pronounce <laughs> it. But it's the name of the song where they're building the the coil. They're building the temple. Oh, I'm not really good at song names. Is it Tamil music? Yeah, yeah, no, no, from Pareppa. It's the one song where okay. they're going hard and they're like, it's just like this montage of him like signing the paperwork. I'm the worst at like, Tamil yeah. song names. We'll, uh, maybe we'll play it at the end of this podcast. <laughs> That'll be your outro song. We'll play that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, that's a banger for sure. Uh, we have a segment on the show that we usually go to called Soup It Up. Um, it's a segment sponsored by Campbell Soup, not actually, but <laughs> soon to be sponsored by Campbell Soup. Um, where we basically just talk about something that's happened to us in this past week or maybe something that we learned about that made us really mad or, or piss us off. 
and you know we try and come to a conclusion about you know maybe the issue or the problem and also just vent a little bit um so usually we have one or two lined up i don't know if, if you've had one this week i don't know if you had a good week or not did you have a good week in the week i had a i had a swell week yeah yeah did you say swell or slow it's well. Okay, perfect. Nice. Uh, <laughs> it works as well. Uh, well, my main soup it up, I use on my the last episode, which is right. probably coming up. Yeah. Today, it's actually up today, where I spoke about my uh, my friend getting pulled over. Yeah. After getting rear-ended, he got a careless driving ticket. Uh, but that oh. was. Hmm? Oh, what the hell? Oh yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's backwards. Uh, but we have we have one from Rusha. Sweet. Actually, and uh, if you wanna go ahead with that. Yeah. Sure. Can you bring the closer? Yeah, for sure. Thank you. So one of my coworkers, um, he's a black dude, and he is dating a Punjabi girl. And when they first started dating, um, they found out, his parents found out that they were dating because the girl's mom sent a private investigator to follow both of them. And then he like disclosed that they were dating. And then afterwards, the dad was like, well, now you don't get a car. So he took the car away from the girl, even though it was her car. And then they stopped paying for her tuition for university. And then they gave her the car back a year later, but then put a GPS on it, a GPS tracker. And so now she doesn't use the car. She just Ubers everywhere. But then she also like went on her dad's phone and found like videos that he sends to like all of his hoes of, that are inappropriate. And he's like a really shitty person. But I guess the moral of the story is like brown people can't handle it when you date a black person, and um, brown men have problems. So yeah, that's my super up bit. That was deep. That was deep. <laughs> that was a lot. Uh, the dude, like when he told me the story, he like was so unaffected. It was like he he just like expected that, you know. That's kind of weird. Uh, shout out to the parents who decided. Yes, I'm gonna spend approximately a grand to two grand to hire a private investigator instead of buying literally anything else in the world. Uh, but hey, you know, some uh, parents make decisions to really control their child. And sometimes these are not the best decisions. These are actually the worst decisions. Uh, and you know what? Stop. <laughs> that's, that's what we're trying to say. Just stop I think it. the biggest thing, it's a mindset, you know, that they've carried over from where they grew up. Mm. That's what I feel like, you know. Which them. part? And I mean, like you know, which is why I feel like like you uh, dating a black guy was like so bad for them. They're not mm-hmm. used to that shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm. I find that brown people are racist, especially truth, especially generations older than us. Yeah, it's just something that comes with them. Yeah, where that kind of fear comes from. I mean, if you were to yeah, if you were to if you were to hypothesize. Or maybe even based on evidence that you guys know, where do you think that kind of, where is it primarily stemming from? Well, Rush and I were kind of talking uh, about this earlier, but sorry. you should no, you should please reiterate that because it was great. Well, I think like we want to make a distinction between ourselves and like black people because black people have received it pretty bad, and so the way that we distinguish ourselves is by being like, well, we're not black, and like that just evolves into forms of racism, and also like the idea of them procreate of brown people procreating with black people like freaks brought people out because it's like you're tainting the bloodline and stuff mm-hmm. like that so i think that's where it stems from and what was the the word that you were talking about earlier about racism being tied to you i think that was a huge one power <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah it's tied to power because well a lot of the reason i don't think that like black people can be racist is because they don't garner any power from like 
saying stuff, but the garner that we, the power that we can garner um, by being racist against black people is like, well, we're not black. And we do, we do get some privileges for being brown. It's hard to acknowledge, especially as like a refugee population and stuff like that. But I see it a lot in America. Yeah. It's actually really weird. I wanted to bring this up earlier. I don't know if y'all have heard of Raja Kumari. Raja Kumari? Yeah. Shout out to Raja Kumari. You like I her? Just, I, I'm, <laughs> a big fan of, I'm a big fan of her music. Oh, well, I'm not. But... <laughs> <laughs> she was the first, like, brown girl. I yeah. saw it up in the hip-hop scene. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, I was looking for people, who were, for especially sure. brown, and she was, like, that one. Yeah, girl. she had, like, Complex covered her, Yeah. which is how I saw her. But the way, I, th- I guess she did Butter the Nadium, which is, yeah. uh, you see it a lot, integrated into her music and stuff. But I feel like it's so forced. That's yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the thing, yeah. With yeah. her, in terms of, like, how she dresses up, yeah. Yeah, which is, it's like... It's a little, little overwhelming, because she does it a lot. Yeah. Too much, but... And I think that's, like, the standard. I'm taking this over, sorry. But um, I think that's become, like, the standard for a lot of brown creatives. It's, like, let me show you, like, the how I combine my Western and South Asian identity. But let me, like, do it too much. Mm-hmm. And I think she does that. And it, like, pissed me off when I saw her with a grill. I was like, girl, take that out of your mouth. <laughs> because, like, it's, it's you forcing your integration into hip hop without focusing on the music. It's just like, let me aesthetically look hip hop in South, or I guess like black in South Asian. I don't know what she was trying to do with that. But that's what I can appreciate about your work because it's subtle, but it still addresses the multifaceted identities that we carry. Because I've always had difficulty when it comes to music about identifying because I didn't fully identify with Thumble music because my Thumble is shit. And like, I couldn't fully understand everything. Mm -hmm. But then with hip hop, it's like, I'm not, I'm also not fully Western, and I don't get a lot of, like, I don't know, in my teenage years, I couldn't associate with everyone talking about coding and shit, you know? But now, with your music, I'm like, damn, like, I can fully understand and embrace this, but I love the subtlety of it, so I appreciate you and your work. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's like what I said, you know, you gotta find the right balance. Like, that's, that was a challenge I had, I I still face it, you know, I don't wanna put too much into it, where it overwhelms the audience, like, look, this guy's completely trying to force his whole background into his music yeah. so but yeah it's hard yeah. but obviously Raja Kumari she yeah. uh, she really brings out a lot of her <laughs> traditions yeah. into yeah. her image uh, yeah. but uh, I'm excited to see how like how far she'll go mm. she's That's a, fair. we'll see and something I was wondering as well is Oh, sorry. Oh, you're good, you're good. <laughs> is who do you look to, like, as in a, a top five producers, like, ever? For very for prefer, you yeah. yeah. Uh, ever, huh? Definitely Timbaland. Um, 40 for all of Drake. Yeah. Uh, Boy Wonder. Shout out Ajax. Shout out Durham. Ooh, Shout out Pickering yeah. High. Um, <laughs> top five, huh? <laughs> Uh, Quincy Jones. Nice. <laughs> Jones for all that. Yeah. Um, these days, I've been fucking with a lot of vinyls and Frank Dukes. Nice. Okay. Because yeah. of a lot of the work they're doing outside of hip hop, like in pop too. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's not a lot of guys that I I really you know. Fuck with too much heavy, but yeah. the, the names that I've mentioned, yeah. I can always you know. When I hear their record, I know I, I, I can vibe mm-hmm. with it. 
all, all different in their approach yeah. to producing. Forty uh, is one of my biggest influences because of the way he just tried a lot of random shit in his mixes. You know, he wasn't afraid to distort a kick. You know, or like do something that yeah. a mixing engine wouldn't generally do. Yeah. But you know, it helped craft his sound. He's kind of like a. Cause he's also an engineer, so he's just like an audio head, right? Yeah. Like all he wants to do is like tinker, 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 and figure it out. Like, there's like not too much videos or like information about it, but um, just like him talking about uh, what is the name of his studio, Soda, State of the Art, where he just talks about how basically he's got this like master setup with like native instruments, with, yeah. you know everything, and when like Maja Jordan or whoever comes through. He's basically like, hey, do you have Ableton? Like, bring your laptop here. He just, like, plugs and in one USB. All connected to everything, and then yeah. everything just kind of, like, gets connected. And everyone, like, you know, enters the matrix with him kind of deal, you know? Where it's it, all about the workspace, you know, your environment. Yeah. That's where you can create, you know. If you're, if you're in the perfect environment, it's a lot easier to create, you know? Yeah, no kidding. Something I, I also wanted to ask you about was um, what kind of reaction or response you've garnered from, I mean, something we all brought up here is, like, this older generation people obviously you've spoken about your parents and where they're kind of worries of life but um yeah growing up playing carnatic music you definitely know the like the like the carnatic moms yeah. and dads you know like the people like you said who are just like pushing their kids to do it even though they don't want to or whatever you, there's obviously all the politics and mm -hmm. all this kind of garbage that comes with it but something we definitely also see is uh the kind of attention coming when things start looking good, when things start looking up, and you're like, ah, you know, like, music, you know, everything like that. It's just like, oh, wow. You that know? was a good impersonation. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> uh, it's the only Tamil I know. It's just those four words. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, what has that kind of reaction been like? Have you have you had, you know, people from this older generation, moms, dads, whatever it is, even like your, your relatives kind of reach out to you and be like, hey, this is what we think of the music. Um, haven't talked to too many like older heads about what yeah, I'm doing. Yeah. Like, but you know, it's still I still get the reaction when I tell people I'm doing music full time. It's like, oh yeah, so are you making like can you live uh, like you know uh, are you can you be financially free by right. just doing music? Like, are you doing are you going to university for anything else? Are you doing anything backup? And no one's gonna ask you those questions straight up too. They're just like ah, but but you're working right or like oh. But usually usually it starts off with oh so uh, what university are you studying? In? And I'm like. I didn't go. Uh, I I just dropped out of university, and I pursued audio engineering mm. at a private college, and like, and you know, automatically they give you that face, like, oh, why did you study that private college? <laughs> I'm like audio engineering, and they some people think some people will be like, oh fuck, audio engineering, because they think it's some sort of engineering, they use the engineering <laughs> word, and then I tell them, no, you know, I just record artists in the studio, and they're like, oh, okay, <laughs> pisses me off, but you know, I know, I know that's the reaction they're gonna get, because like I said, they're not used to seeing anyone like that they know do well in this industry you know yeah. damn what was that feeling like when you had to tell your parents i gotta leave school um honestly like i love my parents to that because they're so supportive and my family um they've always been, they've always known i was going to do something in music something big in music it's just for me i was trying to figure out what it was i've uh, like i always wanted to make an impact i want still want to make an impact in the music scene before i thought it would be just from rhythm yeah. you know but then uh, I had to make it back some way. Now, obviously, it's drawn through hip hop, but they saw how much passion, how much work I was putting into it. When I was at Laurier, uh, I guess they knew I would be coming back from Laurier because I went there for economics. Like you, you never gave a fuck about economics. <laughs> <laughs> they already knew. So when I came back, you know, uh, I told them like, look, like you know, this is what my heart's telling me to do, and you know, I finally found a passion that you know 
where I, 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 I finally found something in music that I think I can do really well and you know it's our start a new movement that other people can be like damn you know yeah. maybe I can do this too give hope for other uh, talent people to do what they want to do and you know just by talking with them you know and I told them look just give me like two three years you know and they uh, what helped us you know they see me g- make progress you know they see a lot more people coming to my studio you know they see me making some money from st- uh, music you know they see people sharing my stuff on Facebook from my last album you know and now it's like you know they get excited for me when I tell them I'm releasing an album you know yeah so they like, let me listen to this you know and obviously some of the videos I can't show them at first <laughs> uh, but you know yeah I'm, I'm lucky you know I know not everyone will have parents that are supportive but you know I made them understand look this is what I want to do and I will accomplish this yeah. so you know if you really are my parents you will believe in me and let me do what I want to do wow. and they're like okay but that's when they're like because before when I, when I dropped out of Laurier they're like okay you still need to get a degree in something <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know typical so I'm like okay it's like, how about, it's like we don't care whatever so basically okay get into music then so then that's when uh, me and, and uh, well ex-friend at, uh, now but at that time we went to school, Trebis together and then from then on yeah. I'm here now you know and shout out to Travis like if it wasn't for Travis I wouldn't be the guys that I met for I Don't that song from Travis you know wow and like that helped me in terms of you know how to record a, a band or an artist in an actual studio environment you know using a console right from, the, from then on you know but you know obviously the, it's, it's, it's still tough you know like right now I'm just telling them look I, I want, I'm gonna do big things but until I actually do it obviously they're still gonna be kind of they believe in me, but you know, it's still going to have that iffiness that doubt, until right? I actually do what I uh, set out to do. Yeah. So until that happens, you know, I'm up, I just, yeah. just believe in me, please. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, something I always think about is like, I mean, every, I think everyone here definitely believes that what you envision is certainly going to come into fruition. And when that does happen, that conversation that, you know, the next Tamil kid who wants to produce has with their uncle at the next dinner party, you know, when, when he says, you know what? I decided to to leave like my program because I want to pursue music. Then your name comes into the picture, you know. It's like ah. For me, it's like if it's if it's true, you only live once. Like why wouldn't you try to live the best life you can? Like why would you want to live a, a life where it's like okay, you're just satisfied with like okay, yeah. a job that you're not in love with, but okay, it, it just meets the needs of meets you know, the basic needs. Basic needs, like you can have so much from life, you don't know it yet, you know. That's why you just, you gotta try. Like I don't know what's gonna happen, but you know, I'm I'm at least I'm trying, you know. At least I can say I've tried, yeah. instead of wondering what if. Yeah, it's exhausting, right? Just putting it all in the tank, man. And I feel like that's where, uh, that's where, like a lot of my inspiration is, like you know. And the, and the more and more you know people reach out to me, and you know it helps me, it gives me more new inspiration to think. Right. Look, okay, you know I'm actually getting to people. Yeah. And now that just fuels my car, and I gotta keep pushing, you know. Because if I stop now, all the shit that I've said is bullshit, you know. Mm. And so many Tamil kids like want to be in your position because they may have wanted to become singers as well but yeah like a lot of people reach out to me on Instagram and you know Facebook with, uh, like daily and you know I try to uh, send messages you know reply back to as many as people can. especially the people who are like look you know I'm trying to do what you're doing and I want to get a piece of production like any tips you can give me like, and you know I try to help them as much as they can yeah and these kids they may not have done what you're doing because their parents may have been like come on this isn't reasonable or it just got to them from like their friends saying Yo, what are you going to do with this you know Mm-hmm. Like, especially being brown from wherever you're from, Scarborough, <laughs> you know, uh, shout out to McCallum Finch, of course, you know, that's <laughs> number one intersection. Matt Cohen, Matt Cohen. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Right, you know, you already know. Uh, 
And you know, hopefully, you know, some young people are listening to this right now and being like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go all in on this, all in this production or all in on rapping or singing. You know, like if you listen to all success success stories, you know, people they went all in. You know, they went homeless. You know, they would be willing to die for, to try the shit that they want, live the dream that they want to live in. You know, mm-hmm. like it's tough, but you know, you gotta you gotta put yourself out there. That's the only way. Mm. So, you know, I'm just putting myself out there now. And, you know, we'll see what happens. Exhaust the tank, right? Mm. Shit, man. Right now, are you just working on production for other artists? Or are you focusing on your own um, projects? I'm kind of doing, like, jumping into a lot of things. I do uh, producing a couple of albums for artists that I work with. Um, obviously doing stuff for myself, too. I have some new songs coming up for the summer, so watch out for that. Yeah. I have my, my artist, RJ, working on stuff for him for uh, obviously trying to promote the Dirty Elephant brand, too. Uh, but, yeah. A lot of production work for people, mm. and obviously recording and mixing in my studio yeah. for other artists. So your studio is that? It's a, yeah, it's in my basement. That's mm. the Dirty Elephant headquarters yeah. right now. But yeah, that's where I work out of. Uh, but I, I also work with people uh, out in Waterloo too. Okay. Some people uh, uh, Cash Money affiliates. So. Mm. And they're producers for Cash Money. Uh, songwriters and uh, producers, engineers signed to Cash Money. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. Just trying to build my relationships with people, you know. Of course. At the end of the day, everything's about your relationships. For real. Um, where can uh, you know people who are tuning in or maybe who aren't familiar with you? Where can people go to find your music, or where can people go listen to your music? Um, my last EP, Yours Truly. You can uh, listen to it on Apple Music or Spotify. Um, you search up Yan Chan. I know my name's Yansin, but Y A N C H A N. It's gonna <laughs> be there. You will learn. You will learn. So when I tell people, I'm like, you know, I just tell them Yan Chan. Sometimes I'm like, fuck it. Like, it's just easier for the spell. <laughs> yeah. Yansin, they're trying to like, what the fuck? Uh, but yeah, Apple Music, Spotify, definitely SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com slash Yan Chan Music. From my first debut EP till the last instrumental I dropped last night, everything's gonna be there. Um, and YouTube too. If you just type in Yan Chan. You'll see some random Chinese rapper too, but most of the <laughs> other links are mine. Does he have bars? Honestly. Uh, well, it was like some Chinese shit, so okay. it sounds legit. <laughs> you're though, not too sure. You're not too sure. <laughs> hey, fair enough. And obviously Instagram, you know. Follow me on yeah, uh, Instagram, Yancha Music. Yeah, and as he's, as he's uh, shared with us here, you know, if, if you're trying to produce, you're just trying to gain some advice too, you know. Maybe hit him up and... Uh, if he's uh, if he finds time in his busy schedule, you know he can uh, he can maybe send some advice your way. Yeah, I'm always willing to help. You know. This has been super great, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, Thank you, man. And, hey, happy belated. Thanks. Oh, Thanks. yeah. Happy, when was your birthday? <laughs> Yesterday, man. Okay. Yeah. God mm. damn. Just <laughs> how he's spending the birthday on the podcast, man. Wow. Um, you know what? I know a good way you could uh, celebrate that. Oh yeah, good. Uh, we could do a freestyle. <laughs> You know, I heard. We know. We all know you can rap. Uh, if you want, if you want a freestyle, does that? I suck at freestyling. For me, my, like I said, I work with my songwriter. We just go bar to bar. I can, oh, okay. I can do beats though. That I can freestyle. Oh okay. Hmm. I, thought you were gonna say, I thought you were gonna say Shisho. <laughs> <laughs> no, yo, no. let's yo, let's say now. BBs one time, yo, yo. I swear to God, we go VIP, yo. Don't worry, one day, guys, one day, VIP, man. We'll get the fucking pineapple head. <laughs> We'll blast, the, we'll blast the EP over the speakers too, you know. <laughs> man, VIP at Habibis, that's a dream. That is a dream, man. Just like, I can picture, like, you know, orange just like on a wall. Yeah. Just, like, like, <laughs> yeah, what? <sighs> mm. 
Okay. Hey, one thing about Shisha, they do have good music sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. So, I mean, like, and Habibis too. They're always, you know, always having uh, Toronto stuff too. Yeah. Obviously yeah. Drake mostly, but. Yeah. And if you're there late at night, always fresh gunfire just outside <laughs> the windows. Yeah, shout out my guy Hussein, um, man. <laughs> Live to tell the tale. That's a real problem. <laughs> don't hey, don't shoot at my Stone Island. <laughs> please don't touch That's my right. please, please don't touch <laughs> my heart. Like my please life. Please don't <laughs> touch my life with your bullets. Please, please don't touch my life. <laughs> All right, man. Uh so thanks a lot for coming through. Thank you guys. Thank you. You know. It's always a pleasure trying to share my story and you know, just talk just, I just love talking to people about music and like you know trying to accomplish things so. yeah for sure mm-hmm. man oh let people know the email if they want to get yeah beats uh, from you. Uh, just send me up com. that's my personal email just send me stuff there you know I'm always looking for new music always looking uh, for a new artist to work with too so uh, yeah you know I, I do have a busy schedule but I'll try my best <laughs> mm. <laughs> Vince, well, Vince are you shaking Vince, I know Vince trying to no, no, no. Oh, let him know. Let, <laughs> let him know real quick. What are you thinking? Yeah. Please, please. I don't think you should get that email. <laughs> oh my god! That's your personal email. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I will bleep that out. Oh, we'll just bleep out the whole email. Thank God, it's a lot, right? Oh uh, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, and she's at yeah, and she music dot com. That's good. You, you can say it. Yeah, <laughs> Yanchin. <laughs> at yenchinmusic.com that's the email we're going with that's the email we're working with thank god for PR man thank god for being out here See, this is why you need <laughs> this is, well, that's, that's a, that was a good look that was a good move right there this is why you need a team man also shout out the rest of your team yeah like, in the roles they have yeah. uh, shout out to my biggest supporter my sister Yansini um, she's like social media manager helps out a lot of things she's like my publicist shout out obviously to Vin you know all the cover work, all the visual stuff, it's all him. Uh, shout out to Gao. Uh, he's also helps with branding and marketing. Shout out to Vishnu. You know, he's he actually co he's no problem. He co produced uh, problematic. Oh, okay. So that whole ending part, that's all him. Nice. So you can thank him for that outro uh, beat portion. He's a really talented producer, upcoming producer. Um, shout out to RJ, really talented Legend. rapper, you know. Um, and yeah. Shout out to the team, man. We dirty. We dirty out here. <laughs> man, we, uh, yeah, we just can't wait for what's next. I mean, I was bumping Roots all day today. Thanks, I man. Know, I don't know if people can uh, can stay here. It's only up for a couple more hours, I guess, eh? Yeah. By Should the be taking, this, it up, taking it off soon. By the time but that, that beat, sorry. No, um, no, no. I, that's actually a beat that I made a while back. But, mm. you know, whenever I showed it to people, they've always wanted me to release it. Okay. They always say send it, but I mean, no. I'm like, no. I'll yeah. release it one day. I'm like, you know, it's more for uh, to my fans. Right. I'm like, okay, you know, I'll put it out there, and then if you want to download it, download it. Yeah. Taking it away for 24 hours. Yeah, I mean, building suspense, you know. Yeah, for sure. By the time by the time this podcast release, it probably won't be uh, won't be available still. But the EP, yours truly, definitely available. Always available. Always. The instrumental tape, no reservations. Always available as well. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, SoundCloud, everything's gonna be there. Perfect, man. So. Perfect. Um, thank you again, man. Seriously, thank you, Vin. Thank you, Mirisha, for joining us here as well. Um, we said we're trying to end this podcast with one word. Everyone just saying one word that maybe encompasses where their heads at. Uh, Navik and I struggle to use one words. I every time we try this, I just start stuttering and uh, having a panic attack. So I might sit back on this one again. But Navik, do you have your one word, man? Uh, I'm gonna say two words. Go ahead. I'm gonna say just be. 
Okay. Power words, man. Power words, you know. Marisha, do you have, uh, do you have a couple words? You can use more than two words if you want. Um, mm, no, I don't. <laughs> That's, okay. That's okay, man. We're in the same That's- boat. <laughs> Struggle City, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, Yancha, man, do you have, uh, do you have any last words to share with those uh, people who are listening? Don't be afraid to be different. Okay, you know what my uh, <laughs> last word is? It's... <laughs> Go ahead, say it for me, please. Janssen. <laughs> put some respect Janssen. on his fucking name. Johnson Johnson with the Y. Janssen. Chris with the H, man. That's just the way it is. Okay. Thanks yeah. again. High Top Flip Flop signing out.